name is Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. Hello, everyone. How's it going? This is Jimbo Paris here. Welcome again to the Jimbo Paris Show. So we have Michelle Lee Dickinson here, a very, very uh, reputable woman who has done quite a bit, um, especially in the mental health area. From what I understand, she is the owner of uh, Trifecta Mental Health. She's focused on improving mental health, at least when it comes to employees, people. And she also was a TEDx speaker as well. So she's done quite a bit. And I definitely like to sit down with her and kind of break down all the great things she's done today on this show. Let's bring her up. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm awesome. Happy May Mental Health Awareness Month. All right. Okay. <laughs> so can you tell me a bit about yourself, who you are, what you're about? For sure, for sure. And thank you for having me. Thanks for the invitation. Like you said, I'm the owner of Trifecta Mental Health. And about myself, well, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. So I found myself giving the TED Talk, found myself getting very connected to wanting to do more for people, really make a difference in the world, created my own company, and really just wanted to elevate people's understanding and compassion for those struggling. That led me to the work that I do today, which is all about prevention. I believe in my heart that there are things we can all be doing to help us preserve our mental health. We don't have to wait until we hit burnout. And I'm really passionate about that for two reasons. One, I grew up with a mom who had bipolar disorder. And two, I struggled myself with depression going through a major life event. So deeply connected and committed to doing this work. So. What is mental health? What is mental health? Well, it just like physical health, we all have it or we don't, right? In my opinion, it's the ability to maintain our footing when we're dealing with life events because stress and life events are inevitable. So what is it we can do to help ourselves? I mean, mental health is really you cannot have physical health without mental health. We need our good mental health to be able to just navigate the everyday stresses of our lives. And how do you treat others with mental health conditions? So I don't treat people. I'm not a clinician. What I am is a coach, right? So as a resilience coach, what I'm doing is I'm helping people reflect on what they're doing every single day to help themselves or inadvertently compromise their emotional well-being. So for me, I'm coaching them around their practices and around their mindset. So they stay fully empowered and in control of how they're doing every day. So they're not ignoring or stepping over their well-being and then finding themselves on the brink of burnout. And when it comes to people in general, how do you know someone actually needs mental health treatment? So when I meet with people as a coach, if they are expressing to me uh, a challenge around, say, like, 
you know, they're, they're experiencing depression or severe anxiety, I will coach them in the basics, but I also am deeply committed to bridging them to clinical care. So what I like to do is have a conversation to get them comfortable reaching out and getting a clinician for more serious challenges like depression or severe anxiety, because I'm committed more than anything to helping people not suffer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in this day and age, now that we have, we're back in work now and we're busy again, you know, what are your thoughts on mental health? in the actual work. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> I mean, like one of the things that I'm aware of is we can't expect people leaders to know how to lead in a post-pandemic world. Uh, we have a lot of people who have emerged from our very challenging pandemic with a whole host of hurdles that they never experienced before the pandemic. So. Therefore, it requires a different kind of leader, a leader that is compassionate, a leader that's self-aware, a leader that is modeling good mental health hygiene. So in my opinion, what we really need to be doing is equipping our people leaders with more skills and awareness of how to support their people who might be struggling. Now it's like one in three are dealing with depression or anxiety. So one in every third person you're interacting with every day might be struggling. So that requires a different level of compassion, understanding, and modeling to help people access care if they need it or just have better practices to help themselves. Okay. And why do you think mental health in the workplace would be something that corporate bosses or business owners would think is important? You can't have health without mental health. And we spend how many hours a day in the workplace? I think people need to recognize, you know, how people are working so many hours. So if you want your staff to be fully engaged and be happy and healthy and performing to meet your goals, there has to be a new level of support, awareness, conversation, and compassion. Now, you know, when it comes to kind of this idea of, I think we talked a lot about business stuff, but when it comes to more of the things like personal growth, you know, how do you focus your attention in improving that area? You know, I think we all have a natural born curiosity within us that wants to know more about ourselves, but we live in a highly stimulated world where oftentimes we don't go within. We're so addicted to external Um, stimulation. So when it comes to improving ourselves, we have to allow that natural curiosity to come to the surface and start to really understand ourselves and elevate our self-awareness through a variety of different ways you can do that. Um, But when we're aware, then we get to become mindful of how we're showing up in the world and how our actions are impacting those around us. So how has this personal growth maybe improved your life? Wow, that's a, that's a really good question because I would say, you know, for me, growing up with a mother who had bipolar disorder is like any other trauma that a child would grow up with, a parent with alcoholism, parent with um, severe physical issues, it affects us. So 
I think for me, I learned many years ago the importance of looking in the mirror to say, how did that experience shape me? How did it affect me? How did it uh, alter my lens on life? How did it alter my experience in the world? Um, so for me, maybe in my 30s, started to get really curious as to why I was the way I was. And then I just went down the rabbit hole and did a whole bunch of self-discovery work, self-development work, did like a lot of programs, went through clinical support, clinical therapy to really start to look at the impact that my childhood had on me. And it's just been amazing experience that has had me be able to be a contribution to other people because I've done the work. And if you could change one thing in your life, what would it be? Nothing. Nothing because I believe that our life experiences are unfolding for our highest good. And for me to say I would want something that is not would be I'm disagreeing with where I am. I feel like I've arrived exactly where I'm supposed to be in perfect time. I've had experiences that have that have led me to this experience. And I'm just really aware that life is truly happening for my highest good. And I trust the journey. Mm -hmm. Trust the journey. All right, I like. And, you know, what do you think are some of the reasons why we have people the way they are now? Why they lose self-confidence and they deal with so many things like depression and anxiety? Well, I mean, one of the, the things that we know is true is life will be filled with stress. Stress is coming at us. It's inevitable. It's coming from our personal life. It's coming from our work life. And if we don't have healthy ways to process stress in our life, it can affect us in many, many ways. So I think it's that. I think it's the experience we just went through with COVID, being quarantined, being isolated, the magnitude of loss so many of us felt, like loss of life, people we loved, we watched you know, pass away. We lost our routine. We lost financial footing. There's been so much loss in people's lives that it's it's very common that people have just emerged from the pandemic a little numb, uh, a lot vulnerable to stress because they don't have practices in place to help themselves um, navigate stress. They're kind of hanging on to a trapeze of like a vacation or like a day off and like hoping that that's going to get them through. So I think it's it's a lot of different things. It's it's a lot of not knowing how do I process stress? How did the pandemic affect me? What am I excited about in my own life? Not being connected to something that they're excited about in their own lives. That could really dim our light if we're not, you know, aware and, and doing something active about it. Mm. So can you kind of talk a bit more about your business? Like, how can your business help you? Yeah, so it's it's very interesting time for my business. My business partner and I are in the process of having to scale our company because of just the sheer interest in the work that we're doing. So I um, largely have been coaching educators. There's a lot of burnout and a lot of frustration in, in the education space. So I have uh, several school districts that I have, I'm coaching their teachers. And then I have corporate clients where I'm coaching their one their employees one-on-one, -on -one. they provide access to um, coaches, which I, I love companies that are providing coaching is just brilliant. So we're in the process of scaling because I believe the reason why so many 
educators are falling back in love with the work they do is because they're having a conversation around resilience and things they have control over. Oftentimes people come to me and they are waiting for external circumstances to change in order for them to take care of themselves. And through the coaching experience, they're learning that they have the ability to to claim what is theirs and preserve their own mental health just through practices that I challenge them with. So we're in the process of scaling the coaching arm of the business, but then we're also um, expanding our programs that we're offering. So we're going to be offering Mm -hmm. some pretty cool summer programs, and then we deliver resilience in the workplace for employees and for people leaders, because we need to empower people leaders to lead in a different world. So, yeah. And let's kind of backtrack a bit now more to the youth. You know, I think nowadays teens are extremely prone to mental health issues. You know, what could be the reason for this? And is this sort of related to the pandemic? Yeah, you got to think about what our kids went through during the pandemic. Like it was hard for us as adults. So like you got to think about the impact on the kids. I hear it from my teachers, the behavioral issues that kids are having. Uh, what they're seeing in the classroom, it's it's significant. But I also believe that as adults, we have such a profound opportunity to demonstrate what it looks like to like have good mental health, take care of ourselves, and really model for kids openness around how they're doing, and you know, entering into conversation, not suffering in silence. I have people that come to me and say, how do I help my children? This is wonderful for me, but how do I help my children? And I just say, model what you want them to do. Show them how you're taking care of yourself. Have open conversations when you're having a bad day, when you're struggling. Normalize these types of discussions in the home so there isn't fear or trepidation around, you know, having an open discussion about how they're feeling. Because yeah, there's a lot of kids that are suffering. I mean, like, you know, and there's a lot of suicide amongst mm-hmm. our youth and we can do more. We can do more by just showing them how to take care of ourselves. Okay. And is there any advice that you could potentially give to any listeners out there that may be dealing with mental health problems? Yeah, I mean, I think I think first and foremost, you have to get present to how you're really doing, Right. So you might not know if you're struggling with a mental health issue, but you might have a sense of like emotional drag or you're just not the joyful person you know yourself to be, right? So I would say the first step is self-awareness and really being honest with yourself when you get up in the morning. Are you like, you know, dragging out of bed, dreading the day? Are you riddled with all of your worries? That's not necessarily, you know, setting you up for a good path forward. You're probably going to, if you were to guess what the probable almost certain future is, if you were to do nothing, you will probably be in a darker place a few weeks from now. So you have the ability to shift that. You have the ability to, um, to change that. So like one of the things that I recommend, because I see it all the time in my clients, is they're just like falling into their day. They're like, the alarm clock goes off, they hit snooze, 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 and then they catapult out of bed and like rush into their day. And it's like a cortisol fueled initiation into your morning, right? And then you get to work and you're inundated with stress. 
Plus you have family stress that is coming at you. Like, don't do that. Don't, don't fall into your day. Get up in the morning with some intentionality. Spend a few moments for yourself. Clear your head, whether you're sitting in prayer or you're sitting in meditation. Take like 15 minutes for yourself. Ground yourself. You know, get present to what's good. It's so easy to focus on what's wrong, what, what's bothering you, what needs to be fixed, what needs your attention. Like, just get present to what's good. So, like, stop falling into your day and get present to what's good. Those are the two things that I would say. Start there and see if that gives you better momentum throughout your day. Um, but you got to do it repeatedly. It's not like, you know, it's kind of like a shower. Just because you took one yesterday doesn't mean you don't take one today. So you have to keep doing it. And you're also the author of a memoir called uh, Breaking Into My Life. Um, what type of book is that? Uh, and why did you write it? Yeah, so it is a memoir. It's about my experience growing up with my mom who had bipolar disorder. Um, really just wanted to share that story with people. So uh, I guess I wanted people to realize that you could overcome anything in your life. And for me, my story was, you know, what led me to do the work I'm doing, obviously, but I wanted to really humanize mental health. I wanted people to realize there's mental health shouldn't be something that we are uh, afraid of or, you know, fear. It's not what we hear in the news. It's like my mom was, she was a beautiful soul and she suffered from bipolar disorder. And she was abusive because she was suffering because the hurt hurt other people, right? So my whole goal with writing the book was really just let's humanize mental health. Let's have people who maybe had a parent who struggled feel less alone. Um, so yeah, that was really the goal. And you know, just for the final question here, you know, how can we reach out to you? This has been an amazing interview. Ah, thank you, Jimbo. Well, LinkedIn is absolutely a really great place to connect with me because what you're gonna what you're gonna see is I'm gonna be posting all kinds of things around preserving your mental health, resilience. Um, I'm really passionate about empowering people, so I would say LinkedIn is probably a really good place to start. And then I'm offering resilience tips on TikTok, Resilience Coach Michelle um, on TikTok, so you can absolutely follow me there. I am doing a rebranding. So we're going to be coming out with some fresh new content. Um, there is an interview right there that you're showing with my own therapist. I talked about my experience with depression with my own therapist, Dr. Maselli. Uh, so you can check that out too. Yeah. All right. So uh, just to end off this uh, show, I just got to do a few quick shout outs here. First one is going to be Life Work Systems by Judy Ryan. She is our affiliate partner and she is also focused on mental health, creating a better collegial environment within large workspaces of hundreds of people. Next thing I would like to shout out here is our YouTube channel. Please subscribe now, ring that bell. And then our Roku TV channel, please look at that too. This will be on Roku TV as well as all of our other episodes and shows. And then also Jimbo Paris Academy. Want to start your own business? Learn how to work with virtual assistants. Learn marketing skills. You can learn those all for free. We're starting up our academy soon, so check that out as well. 
And then our final thing, support us on Ko-fi, donate to us, give us a coffee so we can continue making great content like this. All right. Thank you again for being on the show. This is the Jimbo Paris show. See us again. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 